Welcome back. Here we are, chapter three, Sonder Stories. Uh, let me just start by saying uh, this podcast is brought to you by Sonder Brewing. <laughs> we are in the Sonder Brewing studios. Just throwing that out there. Mason, Ohio. That's right, in Mason, Ohio. Chapter three. Thanks for rejoining us. If you've listened to chapters one and two, uh, this is chapter three. If you haven't listened to chapters one and two, maybe do that. Uh, but you don't have to do that to get a, an understanding of the subject of chapter three, which is Luke Shropshire. So um, Luke came to us right before we opened, sort of. We thought it would be closer to when we opened. Turns out it wasn't. Uh, so Luke is part of the Sonder family, and Luke was the first employee member of the Sonder family kind of to come on board with the four of us that um, you all met in chapter one. Uh, I don't want to steal uh, your thunder, so I'm going to let you kind of kind of dive in, but Luke, just, uh, just start by saying hey. Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, my name is Luke Shropshire, uh, head brewer here for Sonder Brewing. And we also have Chase here again. Chase, you're kind of uh, the celebrity of the podcast. Much talked about. The man of many words. Uh, he talked last week about how unique the Midwesterner is. I still, man, I still can't say that word. It's quite embarrassing, actually. Every time I say it, it comes a Midwesterner. I sound like Chuck Pagano trying to say the word Midwesterner. It's very, very bizarre. Uh, so let's dive right in, Luke. Uh, you are a man that is hard to miss. What, 6'7"? Yeah, about 6'7", uh, uh, 280 pounds, pretty big guy. Yeah, you like long walks on the beach. Very, with my long legs, of course, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive right in. You came to us officially last week of July of 2018, right? Somewhere around there? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't start. Uh, I think my first week was uh, the first week of August. August sixth, okay. I think, was my first day. Okay, so so tell us a little bit about your background. Where where you kind of started? How did you get into brewing? Where did you start brewing? Um, and then kind of get us to the point of getting to Sonder. Let's just hear a little more about your story. Uh, so I got into the beer world. Um, actually. I say this, when I talk to people about college, I say, you know, college is kind of worthless. But I guess, to be honest with you, it, it kind of got me to where I'm at. Um, went to UC for hospitality management. Um, from there, I worked in hotels and did catering. Um, after my catering stint, I went back to hotels and worked at the 21C Hotel downtown. Uh, 21C, um, still, still a very good restaurant, but at the time, it was the hottest restaurant, Metropole. Uh, in town, and uh, I really wanted to get in the F and B side because I was tired of doing hotels and the rooms and um, you know guest services. It was, it was really taxing after a while. Um, so you know, having a you know college mentality, I thought you know maybe if I have a, a certificate or maybe a diploma underneath my belt, it'll be easier to get into you know bar management. So I wanted to get into wine, but wine was a little bit difficult for me at the time because of, you know, how hot the alcohol can be on the nose. So it would actually always dry out my nose whenever I try to smell for aromas. Um, so I passed that and I was like, okay, well, you know, craft beer is getting pretty cool. You know, at the time it was, uh, what was it, about 2014. So, you know, still had, Cincinnati wasn't as big as it was, but it was tight knit. It was, you know, really good breweries still around and everything. 
And so I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe if I get, you know, my Cicerone certification, um, then it will make me look a lot more attractive um, for the, you know, for the bar management position. Um, so I decided, I was like, okay, well, let's start doing it. So after getting into, you know, the Cicerone, I, I passed the first level. And when it was coming to level two, I realized I had to do, I had to learn everything pretty much for the brewing side. And I'm not someone who can, like, read a book and just pick up on it. Um, I need to do it by hand. So uh, I went to Listerman Brewery. Uh, I'm sorry, Listerman. Uh, yeah, Listerman Brewing Company. Went to their homebrew store and picked up my first homebrew kit. And from there, I started uh, homebrewing. Um, as everyone says, when they start brewing, they just fall in love with it. And that's exactly what happened to me. Um, fast forward um, six months, I enter a competition. It's the, um, uh, what was it called? The Mountain Fusers America's Best brewer uh competition i believe that was at the duke energy center um and it was during february and i remember entering in uh key lime goza it was the first time i ever brewed this beer um and i was like you know what the heck just let's just do it so first competition first beer that i are the first time brewing this throw it into the competition i have a 350 entrance i put in one beer and i won the entire show so really excited, um, you know, just. Sorry, back up there. So how long had you been brewing at that point when you, when you first entered this? You said it was your first competition. How long, how long had you been brewing at that point? I was, I was homebrewing for six months. Uh, so, yeah, so did that. Um, that night, you know, uh, met a lot of people, obviously, and um, I ran to a guy who happened to know the head brewer at Mount Carmel Brewing Company at the time. And he's like, hey, man, you know, I know the head brewer. I think they're going to hire soon. If you want, I can, I can introduce you to him. I was like, heck, yeah, you know, why, why wouldn't I do that? Um, so, I, you know, uh, Chris Sigmund uh, was the head brewer at the time, so I met with him. He's like, yeah, you know, man, that's really impressive. That's awesome. You know, uh, we're looking for people. I'll reach out to you in the future if, if, if you know, if everything goes through. Um, I was like, awesome. You know, two months later, I get a, you get a Facebook message. He's like, hey, man, you know, Mark Carmel's looking if you're interested. I was like, okay, you know, why not? So put in an application, met with Mike Dewey, you know, maybe two weeks later, did one interview, and he was like, yeah, man, if you want the job, you know, you got it, you know, it's a 30-day probation, so if you don't work, you don't work, I was like, okay, let's do it, you know, no pressure, <laughs> yeah, no pressure, so I was, I was, you know, so started at Mount Carmel, uh, from there, I left the hotel world, um, worked at Mount Carmel for about 14 months, uh, cut my teeth there, learning, you know, everything, you know, Mount Carmel was a great brewery, um, uh, very, um, very simple setup, um, so learned a lot there with just pumps, hoses, and just kind of getting around a brewery. Um, you know, nothing, nothing too serious, but easy to learn. So, talk a little bit about working under a guy like Mike Dewey, right? So, Mike Dewey is a guy who um, has a very well-known reputation, a very good reputation within the industry here in Cincinnati. He's obviously been leading a a successful brewery. Um, before what what I think we would all say was the the craft beer kind of boom here in Cincinnati, and, and you got to kind of learn under him. Talk a little bit about that and some of the ways of, of how that transcended you into who you are now. Uh, so with at Mount Carmel, um, one thing you, I learned about Mike was the dude can do anything with his hands. I mean, he can build a house out of a stick. Like, he is a freak when it comes to his house. Seeing how he literally built that brewery from the ground up, you know, building the own lot or ton and everything. And then, you know, with the expansion that we went through, you know, doing the catwalk and just everything he did just really got me, like, really impressed. Just knowing that, okay, brewing isn't really 
well, brewing in this in this atmosphere is more hands on. It's more learning, you know, how things operate, um, and versus kind of going to the science of things. Um, and that 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 was really very important for me um, for my next step after leaving Mount Carmel because I started a brand new brewery with only 14 months of experience. Um, and uh, uh, my boss at the time, uh, Garrett Hickey, had only brewed over at um, Rivertown for... And, and that was at Streetside, right? So this was after you had left Mount Carmel. Right? Yeah. So this is all, it's all tying together. So, um, so he, he had worked at Rivertown for about a year and did some studying abroad um, and got certifications. And, you know, this is, this is the first time him and I ever did anything serious. Um, so we would have pumps fail on us, you know, glycol go out on us, and, you know, anything you could think of, you know, when you're starting a brewery, everything goes wrong. And all I can say is, you know, because of working under Mike Dewey and Mount Carmel, I was really able to kind of grasp and figure things out. Uh, I wasn't, you know, as frightened as I thought I would be. I was able to kind of just sit down, you know, think about it, go through the processes and understand why isn't this working why is that and this isn't, you know, what, what can I do to fix this? And I would say because of Mount Carmel, it really helped me grasp the big picture versus just looking at it one way. So, uh, yeah, so talk a little bit about that now, right? So you've gone from Mount Carmel, you learned under a great mind in Mike Dewey. Now you go to another great mind in Garrett Hickey, where I would imagine there's a lot of similarities and probably a lot of differences as well, right? So now you go, you help launch Streetside, with Garrett and Garrett's got again just a, a great mind I, I've had the privilege of getting to know him a little bit not a lot you certainly more than me so talk a little bit about that and some of the things you maybe learned from Garrett that then got you to to where you are now with with Sonder. so during the probably last seven months at Mount Carmel going into Streetside I was home brewing pretty religiously about sometimes up to three times a week, um, just knocking out a lot of, you know, sour beers, uh, regular ales, um, just, you know, trying to keep it fresh and just, you know, testing out new recipes without just doing kind of the same thing over and over again. And um, going into street side, I, you know, I had a plethora of recipes. I had examples of everything and, you know, kind of came down to, I, I went to Gary and I was like, hey man, you know, like I can make these New Englands, I can make these Berliner Weisses, you know, here's some examples of my home brews. let's do it. And, you know, he took a, he p- took a pretty big chance on me, but tried them. He's like, yeah, man, those are awesome. Let's, let's just knock them out. So a street side, they gifted me a lot of freedom um, where I was able to really explore a lot of different ideas and recipes that I wouldn't have able to been to do at a production facility such as street side. Oh, I'm sorry, such as Mount Carmel. Um, so with that really helped me explore just hops, yeasts, um, getting really big into the sour side, really being able to expand my wings on that versus instead of doing five-gallon carboys going into 59-gallon oak barrels. You know, by the time I left, I think we had up to around 55 oak barrels in the cellar, um, and then we got up to around 20 uh, bourbon barrels. So uh, with Streetside and uh, with Garrett and I working together, we really, we really spearheaded a lot of things that I didn't really think I was going to be able to do after only 14 months of experience at another brewery because, you know, I'm just, I was just a home brewer at the same time. You know, I, I had some professional experience, but I didn't have a ton of the professional experience. So we were really just shooting from the hip, seeing if it worked or not. And, you know, luckily they did work out and 
Um, that's where I think I really kind of made my name known um, with doing the hazies and the Berliner Weisses, but also the barrel aged sours and the, you know, the uh, the bourbon barrel beers too. So really, really expanded my palate, um, but also my, my knowledge on the one off, you know, crafty things that a lot of niche breweries are doing nowadays. So you go from street side um, to Sonder and. You, I want to, I want, I kind of want to park here a little bit and just hear from your perspective, um, as as everyone heard in episode one of the podcast, uh, how we kind of all got together. We had gotten to know Chase over time now, uh, and I think Chase, I don't, it's fair to say you're a particular person, right? You're you're very particular about things and what you like. That's a true statement. <laughs> so many words. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I've gotten to know chase a lot uh very well he's he's a brother and um chase and i had gotten an opportunity to meet you and uh i i I just just so everyone i i've from the first time i ever met luke not only was i blown away by his beer but um just uh your actions and some of the ways that you i share this story frequently but brad meisner and i was a good friend of mine it's jen's husband he and i went down for your first can release of subra and we got there and brad and i each bought a case because we loved the beer and we were sitting out on the patio and you walked out there was a bunch of people there and you were shaking everyone's hand that bought the beer and i i have always shared that story so we're on our way i was with chase and we're on our way down to Streetside, and I was like, they're, they're head brewers, a guy named uh, Luke Sh- 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 um, Salmons. Some, <laughs> Samson. I, I couldn't, couldn't remember your last name. And, I, and um, I, re- I remember Chase's face. He's like, well, well, well we'll see. Well, yeah, I've got to try the beer, right? And, and it, at this point, it was not even about, it was nothing about we, hiring anyone, right? It was, our thought was never even for a second at that point, like, oh, we're, we're thinking about our head brewer. We were months away from even breaking ground, I think. And uh, we go down there, and, and um, I remember, Chase, you, you liked the beer. I remember that was the first and foremost thing that, that you liked the beer, and I was like, that's Luke. Uh, so we walk over, and, and um, Luke uh, showed us around a little bit, and as we, as, we got, as we got out of there, I remember we were in the car, and, and Chase said to me, he's like, yeah, Luke's good. I could tell Luke's good. And, um, and that was uh, in my head. I was like, Luke doesn't even know that that was such a win because <laughs> you, you the first time you met Chase and you had kind of this this person who's very particular and you had kind of won him over unintentionally, knowing at that time that hey, we would end up crossing paths again. And then what? Probably six months later, we post the position. Um, obviously, still at Streetside at the time. Tell me, what was it that uh, attracted you to uh, reaching out about our position? And then after you met Chase, what was going through your mind? And, and share a little bit of that story. You know, I was be blind. I was looking around for another job and um, didn't really want to move, but kind of wanted to move. So I was applying to some places out of state. Um, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend about, you know, if I got a job out of state, how we'd work about moving, whatnot. Um, no one was really hiring in Cincinnati uh, until, you know, I go on to Pro Brewer and I'm just scrolling through pages and I see hiring at Sonder. I'm like, oh, sweet. Okay, Sonder, you know. I'm, I remember meeting Chase and Justin at Streetside. They're really cool guys. You know, this looks awesome. So then I, you know, I'm reading through it. And it's like, it's automated, yada, yada. I'm like, oh, this is kind of like a big brewery. I don't know if I want to do a big brewery. You know, this is it's not my thing, you know. So, so I, called, I called Chase up. 
like, hey, Chase, you know, no, I emailed him first. And I was, you know, putting it nonchalant, like, hey, you know, we met and uh, saw your posting, was wondering if we could meet sometime. And Which at that same time, we were, we were going through tank delivery. Mm-hmm. Our tanks were being delivered. We had been discussing what does this look like for our head brewer position. What, fast forward, obviously, again, after meeting you, Chase and I had had multiple conversations about, man, what, what does it look like to have a head brewer? How, how does that fit in? If we're going to be a production brewery like we want to be, we obviously know we need that position. And I remember both of us at the exact same time um, when we were talking about whether or not we were going to hire somebody local or whether we were, we were looking out, what, what did that look like? We posted the position. We decided, hey, we're not going to target anyone locally. We'll, we'll kind of post this. And if anyone, if anyone is interested in our position, um, then we'll have the discussion. And it was very similar to kind of that feeling that I had when, when we got Chase on board as a member of the family. We, we, <laughs> we're, we have tanks being delivered. It's a super stressful day. Anybody that's been a part of that knows, you know, you, you're rigging those tanks and you're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds and, and dollars and everything else. And Chase just slaps me across the arm. And uh, those of you that are listening can't tell that I just hit Luke fairly hard in his arm, and he didn't move. It's like a stone wall. And uh, I, 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 he slaps me across the arm, and I'm like, Gee, what are you doing? He shows me his phone, and I believe your email said something like, we've met once before. My name's Luke Shropshire. I'm the brewer at Streetside. I'm interested in your position. Yeah. And it was pretty direct and straightforward, and Luke's like, or Chase is like, what do you think? And I was like, freaking schedule an interview. Let's go. <laughs> so then talk about that. Then after that, you got to meet Chase. And- yeah, so um, Chase gives me a call. Uh, I just sent out the email. Um, so he calls me. I, I ignored it because I didn't want to sound desperate. You know, you got you to gotta sound cool with these interviews, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So my wife and I were actually on our way to a, a Willie Nelson concert. And so we're driving there, and Luke calls. And we got the phone, and... My wife was like, I, I don't know. He doesn't seem very interested. I was like, well, he hasn't seen the brewery yet. So <laughs> That's so true. That was basically my two cents in it. That's true. So, yeah, after the phone call, we set it up, and I come into this brewery, and he has, he's not there yet. And it's all gravel and dust everywhere. The pipe fitters are in there doing the steam lines. The welders are doing the hard piping. And I walk in, like, holy, sh- this is, holy shit, this place is huge. <laughs> I'm like, damn, this is really nice. You know, I'm looking around. I, you know, I took some pictures for myself uh, to send to my girlfriend. And, um, you know, Chase comes in, and we're talking. And the thing I heard about Sonder from the beginning was, yeah, they got a guy from Nuclearis. They got a guy from Nuclearis. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, uh, you know, when you hear about people being like, oh, they got a brewer from someplace, a lot of the times that person's only been there for a couple years, you know, and they, but they have this on their resume, so it looks really cool. So I was like, okay, you know, whatever, they got a guy from Nuclearis. That's, that's, that's whatever. Then Chase is walking me around and telling me everything. He's like, yeah, this is CIP skid, design this, you know, blah, 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 blah. This does this and that. You know, we can add on to it. This is the brew house. You know, I wrote all the, uh, <laughs> I did all the hard piping here and everything, or I designed this and that. And, oh, and then I have the software coming in. Yeah, I wrote all the software for that. And I'm like, what the, who the hell am I talking to right now? <laughs> Within the first 30 minutes, I knew I had to work here. That was the first thing that went through my head. I was like, I have to work at Sonder. I have to work here. And the reason the reason why I was so adamant about it was because I, uh, I've never really truly learned from someone. I've never worked underneath someone. It's, uh, 
you know, I've, I've, I've worked with, you know, colleagues and we've done stuff together and they showed me around and the brew house and stuff, but I've never like learned things like, um, and I, I knew after leaving streets that if I were to leave there, I have to go to a place where I can have a mentor because this is the next step in my career. I, I can't just keep, you know, reading books and just shooting from the hips, seeing how it's going to work. I, I got to have some guy with scientific knowledge in the background. He knows what he's talking about you know, historical evidence. I got to have it. And Chase was the guy, you know, um, after hearing his time at Nuclearis, everything he had done, everything he designed, and just then the whole mission statement behind this brewery and, you know, knowing that it, it's hitting a destination target, which I think is the smartest thing ever because coming from hotel management, you know, that's, that's what I worked in was destination. So I was like, this is going to work. I know it's going to work. Um, I think we worked, we talked for about three hours. We drank some beers. Um, and the only stipulation I had was, I was like, if I get this job, I have to be the head brewer. And he's like, totally, I get that. Consider it done. I was like, what? He's like, we want you. I was like, really? <laughs> so, you know, getting like get gritty and everything. And phone's blowing up because my girlfriend's like, where are you? You're getting drunk with him. I know you are. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, no, my girlfriend's great if she hears this. I'm just kidding here. Um, so yeah, we talk and yeah. And then, uh, about three hours later, I get another text and it's from Chase Legler and it says the meeting went really, really well. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, 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 point. I'm really excited about this. And I was like, uh, I think he meant that to the other person. Like, ah, fuck, I hate texting people. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly yeah, I, what happened. I think I wrote back. I was like, never mind. <laughs> and then I immediately called Justin and had to tell him how... How I fucked up. <laughs> he did too. He he calls me and he says, uh, "Hey man, uh, I think I made a terrible mistake." I was like, "What do you mean?" Because he had texted me in the middle of of y'all's meeting. He texts me and he's like, "It's going really well. It's going awesome. Um, I think he's interested. He seems to love the brewery." Um, and I was like, "Call me." And he goes, "No, no, no, no. Like we're still hanging out." I was like, "All right." Let me know how it goes after. And then I never got any notification. <laughs> Turns out it's because he sent the notification to you. <laughs> and then he calls me and he's like, yeah, I, total, I dude, totally messed this up. And I was like, well, at least he knows you're serious. <laughs> and then well, I think two days later we, uh, we came out here. We had a few beers. You brought a couple of the beers you had brewed at Streetside uh, that were fantastic. Uh, we presented you with the offer letter. Um, fast forward several months, here we are today. Uh, you're a, an incredible asset to the team, your family. It's, it's something that, that couldn't have been a better fit. And, and you know that we've talked about that at multiple times, but tell me a little bit, this should be fun. <laughs> tell me a little bit about what you envisioned uh, for not only those first three months, but maybe the first six months versus what has actually happened and, and maybe just some of the some of the things you've learned or, or maybe just have been surprised by? So to be honest, um, when I got the offer and everything was talked was told to me about, you know, how much longer, you know, uh, the pipe fitters had and the welding and all everything, I was like, okay, you know, I'll pretty much come in here and we're just going to start we're just gonna jamming out, you know, let's get everything done. That was not the case. Uh, I think we were set back about three months, unfortunately. I'd say I wouldn't ever do this differently, though, uh, because... Because of all the heartache and the stress and everything we went through, it just made me more attached to this company, to the people. The relationship that Chase and I made out of it 
was very serious. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he did, but there were there was a time that I actually did cry uh, to my girlfriend one night because I was just I was stressed. I was I was afraid. I didn't know what was going to happen. Sometimes, like it got bad. You know, uh, I mean, not bad enough that we're not open, but I mean, it it got serious. Um, yeah, we were we were what we announced our grand open. We announced our and we're excited. Uh, we announced the grand open. I go downstairs. I'm in the office. We're pumped. I, office, loose term. It's the Sonder Brewing Podcast Studios. <laughs> we announced the grand open. We're pumped. I go downstairs and Chase goes, what the hell did you just do? And I was like, what do you mean? We talked about it. He's like, we can't reach a boil. And uh, we had, I, I was like, well, we got to open in 27 days or whatever that looked like. And fortunately, we got it all worked out. QTS was on the spot. They helped us get through it, uh, through any steam issues and everything else. And, and now we're making fantastic beer. But, yeah, I, I can relate to the crying, brother. Yeah. So, I mean, with that, it was just it was scary. I mean, um... Which, by the way, you've just made this huge career move. You've changed from a stable position <laughs> into a new one, and now all of a sudden you're like, what did I just do? I, c- I can only imagine. Never was I ever convinced in my head that I made the wrong decision. I just knew that this was not going to be as easy as I potentially thought. So, I mean, some of the struggles we went through is, you know, we were expecting a brew at X date, so we had yeast in the cooler. Uh, We had everything we needed. That yeast sat for three weeks, and we were not, we didn't know. We didn't have any more money to buy more yeast. We, We just had to roll with it. You know, Chase knows what he's doing, so, I mean, it was just, we got it done. We, you know, propagated it all up, got to the cell count that we needed, knocked out the beers, but, I mean, it was it was scary. Chase and I uh, busted our ass and got, what, seven brands done in 17, 19 days? 19, yeah. 19 days. So that was a week of 20-hour shifts. Chase actually spent the night at the brewery one night. Uh, he was nice enough to let me go home, uh, which was pretty cool, but... I mean, I just remember every night, he would be like, you can take off, man, whenever you want. I'm like, dude, I, I'm not your assistant brewer. I'm, I'm your head brewer. I'm going to stick this out with you. Like, we're, we're going to sh- get this shit done. And, I mean, dude, it was, it was scary. But, anyways, you know, we opened. Remember the night, remember the night that, that y'all were brewing and I, I pop in and I'm like, I want to be here with you guys. Yeah. I want to I do this with you. And it was about 4 in the morning and I was like, bro, I'm dying. I have four kids. I don't sleep. <laughs> And I sat down. We had a futon in the in the in the, in the production area. I sat down on the futon, and I woke up like forty five minutes later, and I was just laying on my on my back on that futon. And both of you were just looking at me like I like I couldn't hang. Like it was old hat for you. Yeah, bro, we've been here twenty hours a day for seven days. You you try to spend one night overnight here, and you pass out at four. We weren't even drinking any beer because we were trying to we were trying to just get through it and I, was, I just sat down and just passed out i was just zonked but that's that's a funny story that it's like i just remember that because the look you guys gave me when i woke up it was like sheer disappointment oh. we were we were pretty stressed and upset at that point it wasn't anything so we were just we were just mad uh but yeah so i mean long story short from what i expected to how everything went i think has made even has has really made me a more part of the team too because i was able to you know, uh, share some of this blood, sweat, and tears we went through. I mean, I wasn't with them from the very beginning, but I got to at least experience when it became the the, the crunch. You know, like when th- this is do or die. You know, we're done if we don't get this done. Um, and I was there for that, and I got to experience it with with everyone. And I feel that's what made me even more 
attached to this company and more a part of the family and the team. And I can't, you know, like I said, I wouldn't ever redo it again differently. Like because of, because of how everything went, I think that's why everything is rounded out and why I've become such more of an asset to this company. Um, and just my overall love and just the excitement that I get that, you know, Chase and I have produced, you know, X amount of barrels already. And, it's just like in my head, I'm like, damn, I've never done this before. Like, this is so much. Get to experience it with him and Justin and and uh, Jen and uh, Daniel, you know, and just, you know, it's 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 cool. It's awesome. It's 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 like it's almost as if I I feel as if I'm an owner, but I'm not. And I mean, that's that's fine with me. I don't I don't I don't need to go through that heartache. But <laughs> but it, it really does make me feel like I'm an owner. And um, I don't think many people can ask for like not not too many people can get that opportunity. And I'm getting it at the you know the ripe age of 27, so I'm, I'm very excited for that. Well, we and we're we're blessed to have you. Let's have some fun with a couple questions here. So let's get to know uh, Luke, the beer fan, a little bit here. I, I personally have loved having you on the team because uh, it brought another geek <laughs> that I can geek out with a little bit. I'll, I'll mention a geeky beer. I'm like I'm like Chase, try this monkish beer. He's like, what's a monkish? <laughs> right? Like it's like. You've at least heard of Wicked Weed, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there before. Like, and at least when I share that with Luke, you geek out a little bit. So if you could only drink one beer the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, it, it, you can't say one of your own. That's no, cheating. No, no, no. I don't know. I mean, I want to say I want to say a pills, but to be honest with you, I could probably drink, like, Truth and Titan Oud Goose any day. That's what I would have guessed you would have said. Um, if you would have said anything else, I might have even called you a liar. Uh. <laughs> uh, Luke recently told me that the the beers that make him most excited these days are Driefontein beers. So I, I saw that answer coming. Chase, what about you? If you could only drink one beer the rest of your life, what would it be? It would definitely be some type of Pilsner or light lager. Imagine my shocked face. <laughs> Uh, what has been a beer that we've brewed or something that has happened as far as production since you've been on board that maybe you were shocked about or, or you were surprised at, at how it turned out or, or just something from the production side, the beer side, since you've been on the team that stands out to you? Even before I came on a board, uh, I was, my girlfriend and I had gone to Bomberg and, um, you know, just drinking, you know, Bomberg's the, the world of Pilsners, like the, it's where they're all at and, um, after that trip, I just became obsessed with lagers. I mean, sours, obviously, but lagers were just the bee's knees. It's all I wanted. It's all I wanted. And so one night, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out. I think Chase and I just got off shifts. We, you know, went over to the bar and had some beers. And he's like, all right, man, you know, we got this fooder. We got to figure out what we're going to do with it. And he's like, you know, he was giving me some ideas. And he's like, what do you want? And I was like, dude, to be honest with you, man, I would love to throw a lager in there. He's like, I've done that before, and it was awesome. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> I was like, yes. Um, so, being able to do an oak age lager was, you know, was amazing. On top of how many loggers we're doing already is just what really kind of geeks me out. And, and learning from a guy who knows how to do loggers is is unreal. Um, but then, you know, but doing that into a fooder, you know, before the first pass, I, I that was that was really cool. You know, I would always ask Chase, hey, you want, you want to try the fooder? Should we try the fooder? He's like, ah, you know, I'm like, so we're going to try the fooder? <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, fine, just, just pull samples, be careful, you know, you don't want to get oxygen in there. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, but I thought that was really cool. I, I think it kind of shows Chase's side uh, of doing classic Germanic styles, um, 
well, I guess this was not dramatic. This was more um, check style, but, um, you know, just doing classic loggers, you know, um, and then me, the geekier side of throwing in some oak, you know, I think that really speaks both him and I on how we kind of came together on this and made it an excellent product. I, for one, love the Bohemian Lager. Um, I love Undignified. It's what I'm drinking right now, actually. Um, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking the Otto right now. It's our Termis Fused Out. I'm actually drinking Bohemian Lager, and I also have a pint of our You Betcha. There you go. Chase is double fisting. Luke was. Um, he's just no longer because he finished his other one first. Cool. So, um, Chase, what is it about Luke that that made you want to bring him onto the team that you were excited about? That first meeting he talks about, it lasted three hours, right? So, so after 25 minutes, I'm sure you knew that, okay, this is something I could see. Conversely, after 25 minutes, if it wasn't, you would have seen that as well. So share a little bit about your first encounter with him and kind of where we are today and how you guys work as a team. And then we'll kind of close with um, what does the future look like? for Luke Shropshire at, at Sonder Brewing, and, and what do you guys see, uh, how your roles kind of coincide, and then where do we go into the future from here? So why don't you start with that, and then we'll go into the other piece. First meeting with, with, with Luke at the brewery, I could, I could tell that him and I would get along really well. He's, he's young, he's, he's a local kid, uh, he's got a lot of passion and a lot of drive. Um, reminded me a lot of myself, you know, just kind of always, always want to learn more, um, progress with this industry one of the things he he said in our meeting which i just i, I kind of think about every now and then is is i i asked him what's your goal like you know what where, where, where do you see yourself in five years he's like honestly man own my own brewery <laughs> so i so i smiled and i was like all right all right so i yeah i i take that as a challenge because um you know i I, I think we have a really great future here at Sonder, and, and the beers that we're going to be producing and able to produce now are really going to showcase. And, and I, I, I take it as a personal challenge that, that Luke is so happy here um, and that he has the freedom that, that, he, that he wants and, and, and deserves because of his, his hard work um, that he just doesn't want to leave. And if that day does come, I, you know, I would definitely not get upset about it. I would say, you know. Yeah. You know, it's all good, man. And I can attest to that. That was the first thing Chase said when we had our conversation. After he told me that he messed up by texting you, uh, the first thing he said was, he goes, we got a challenge. He said, uh, he's, he's ambitious. He's got goals of starting his own brewery. And I said, okay, is that something we want to we take on? And, and literally the first thing you said to me, Chase, was, yeah, man, he's, he's a, a huge asset. He'd be a great asset. And I take it as a challenge to make sure that he never wants to leave. So that, that is true. And then we both said, in a situation where in five years Luke comes to us and says, hey, you know what, guys, thank you for everything you've taught me. I'm going to start my own thing. We would, we would wish you nothing but success. Yeah. Not that I, I still hope that doesn't come. Yeah, but. that's not going to happen. But. <laughs> as, it's, it's, but it still lingers in the back of my head, and it will always as, as a challenge because I – you know, Luke has been through the trenches with me, and yeah, I, I definitely shed some tears as well during the startup, and it it wasn't easy. But I I can say that with having Luke here with me uh, throughout that whole process, just meant meant so much. Like just like I, I I was having night terrors, literally like screaming and yelling in the middle of the night, and my wife is like freaking out, like what's going on? Because I'm getting two hours of sleep every night. 
Um, but having Luke here for that was just just huge. Um, you know, him and I get along great on on the beer side because I, Luke's right. I I, I love the classic Germanic styles of, of producing beer. I I joked with the team early on is, you know, why don't we just just make one beer? You know, just you know, just make one beer, be done with it. Um, which you know, it's it's a challenge and a struggle. All of you that you know have to manipulate uh, tank space and yeast and all that. Um, so that's a that's a that's a comp. It's an easy way out. Uh, but I do still enjoy my 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 loggers and I'd be pretty happy with just making maybe one style. Uh, but Luke's great because he has so much passion and drive for uh, sours, um, for pastry beers, and you know the coconut tears is a great example of that. Yep. You know I I literally had nothing to do with that with that beer except for the base base recipe of it. And I said Luke, go at it, man. Do whatever you want. And it, it turned out to be one of our, our most popular favorite beers uh, that we will definitely be bringing back on. So I think I, I think him and I, you know, just the way we we create our recipes and we go through the thought process and and the process of the beer itself just aligns so so well with each other. Um, and we're good buds. We get along really well. Yeah, that was going to be one of the things I was going to say is you know on top of. The, the peer relationship on top of the idea that he's your boss if we want to if we want to go down the, the bureaucracy of it which none of us are a huge fan of here but um, although there is that piece of it on top of it it's there's a for sure and it's evident to everyone there's a mutual respect level for sure but on top of that there's a friendship there that I joked with Liz my wife for two three months I was like I feel like Chase and I aren't friends anymore. <laughs> it's a true story. And it was because every night he was hanging out with you. <laughs> working. Well, yeah, working. And then, you, and then you're going and drinking beers. I remember the first time we went and got beers together after Luke was on board. We went to that, uh, like, Area 513 or bar, whatever that place was. Bar 513, Area 5, the one over there by Old Bag. yeah. We went there, and I literally felt like I was so out of tune. You guys had all these inside jokes, and I was like, cool, guys. I'm just going to go home now. It was like <laughs> but it's cool. It's, it's really cool to see. I mean, you guys are not only, again, not only do you work incredibly well together, but you're great friends. And that's evident to everyone, and that, and that just filters down throughout the organization. At one point, we'll do a podcast on Jeff. Um, when his eye heals, and um, <laughs> um, we and, and I'm sure he'll attest to that as well. Just the culture that's back in not only from our the top of our organization, but but to production that you guys have a ton of fun. And even though everything has been incredibly hard, it's it's incredibly rewarding as well because um, the culture's fun. Hopefully, you know everyone enjoys coming to work um every day and that it that it doesn't feel so much like work um did, were you gonna say something chase well we yeah so so luke and i uh we brought on jeff parker as a as a brewer here as well so now i know how justin felt because now luke is pretty much training jeff constantly and now they're hanging all the time and now i feel like man i'm like no longer buzz with luke yeah guess who's my friend again it's weird all of a sudden chase and i went out for sushi last week weird how that happens isn't it don't worry bud i'm still here don't you worry <laughs> so let's 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 wrap this up with talking about let's let's talk about the future so you know chase just alluded to it our our mission our challenge is to make sure that you're here forever that maybe that that and hopefully that works into ownership right it, um we certainly view you as that already so 
how does that look in terms of what your role is here? So in a, in a perfect world, what is Luke Shropshire doing in, in three, five, ten years at Sonder Brewing? I'll be honest with you. I, I, I did really want to start a brewery when I first took the job, but it's not really in my head anymore. Um, it's just I just don't really care anymore. I, I, I'm at a place where I'm learning. We have a killer business you know, business plan. We're, I just know in the back, I just know we're going to do well um, and with how everything's been going so far. But actually, before this podcast, I actually looked at Chase. I was like, I'm just so excited I get to grow with you guys. Like, I'm so excited I get to be on the ground floor with you guys. Like, this is... This is it. This is awesome. Um, you know, I, like, this could be my last job, um, and I do I do view that uh, with how everything's going. Um, I would say, uh, and this is just my words. This is not how it's going to go. But I'd say uh, about the first three years, um, I would imagine you know uh, owning a team in the really just working close with Chase on production and making sure that uh, we're we're hitting all of our numbers and we're, we're growing as aggressively as we're seeing is right now. Uh, probably around five to seven years, I could definitely see myself stepping down and probably going into more of an R&D position, um, maybe more barrel focus. Um, during that time, I'll definitely have a, a guy who will take my, my lead, um, someone that I trained. Um, and then at that point, I, I could just kind of see myself falling back and just kind of, you know, taking over the smaller projects and the barrel aging and, you know, over overseeing still and you know, still having that role, but, um, you know, that, that's, that's my, that's my eyes. doesn't mean it's going to happen wherever I'm needed is where I'm needed, you know, for whatever's going to make the company profitable and successful. That's, that's what I got to do because if we're successful, obviously I'm successful and, um, just means my, my job's just going to be easier and it's going to have more fun. So I wanted you to say, dude, I'm going to run a dope sour program. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, that that's possible. I say that jokingly, you know, that I know your heart behind that, and I know you're serious. I know you would do anything we asked. But I also know that you're going to make some killer sours for us, and that's coming, and a lot of people ask that. And I think this is a great platform to be able to share with people that those are coming. We have four uh, punchins or punchums, as Chase might say, uh, that are full with it. Uh, you guys got to try it. I haven't tried them yet, but you've pulled some nails and tried them, and they're coming. And whether you're running that program or whether somebody's running it and you're just overseeing it, your your focus to that piece of our organization is a huge piece that I don't want to lose sight of. That you're going to have a mega influence on that, and and I'm I for one am so excited about that. I lo- also love that you came on board and. Some of the things and influences you've had here are so different than what you may or may not have been known for in your past brewing experience that you came on board and, uh, as Chase mentioned, so you, you brewed Send It. That was pretty much your first batch that you brewed by yourself. That was your recipe, um, which was a, a very good representation. We've had multiple people that have commented on that. That was, that was a great influence for you, something you had never done on a commercial level before. Uh, right? I don't, I don't yeah, think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and then you, you had all this influence on coconut tears that Chase had mentioned. And, and funny enough, it, it was actually Chase's recipe, not yours for, for you betcha. Yeah. So what's awesome about that. And I say that as a total compliment that, that you're this completely rounded brewer that otherwise not known. A lot of people might not know that because it was such a focus for, for you in your past. And there's such a deeper repertoire for, for what you have and what, what's to come. So that's pretty exciting. I'm excited about your influence um, on all of our beer. So um, I, I think the future is incredibly bright 
Um, hopefully it's bright here at Sonder. I think it will be. I think Chase does as well. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for everything you'll continue to do. And uh, cheers, guys.